Rosh Chodesh Adar, Tafshin Ayin Zion, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. up our uh, Rosh Chodesh Adar with uh, <laughs> it's sort of an Ahafohu it's usually the song is Mi Shen Nichnas and this song is called Shemi 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 meaning starting from the Shin Shemi and then he goes on to Shemi Rachabat Shemi and so forth but you get the picture it's a cute thing hi welcome one and all my name is Mayor Weingarten you are tuned to the Joshon, the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here every Monday, live, live, live. How can I prove to you it's live? I'm holding up today's newspaper. 
<laughs> I know. I know they can't see. Um, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, and you can listen to us whenever you want via the great Nachum Siegel Network app in the archives and NachumSiegel.com, the website, the show archives. You take a look for the Israel Show, and you'll find us there and all the other shows, great broadcasting uh, programming on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have uh, some interesting uh, clips to listen to today. The UN, Human Rights, oh my God, Human Rights, I can't believe they call it, Human Rights Commission, actually made a statement on the Elora Zarya sentence. We'll tell you about that. Uh, Nikki Haley, President Trump's appointment as U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, she had her first press conference recently, and wow, what a difference (laughs) an administration makes. You'll hear her statement as well. We'll tell you um, in general about the verdict in the Elora Azaria case. New judges were appointed in Israel. Four new judges. Does this um, bring um, some solace to the right? Is it, a, is it a victory to the right wing in Israel? Something yes, something no. We'll discuss that. And uh, we'll end with um, a very beautiful human interest story that we very much hope that you will find touching and moving as well. Yonatan Razel, the brother of Aaron Razel, takes us into the next song. It's off of his new album, and the name of this one is Hatov, composition of um, the great Benzion Schenker, Zichron Olivracha. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
two greats, two generations. Yonatan Razel sings and um, put together this uh, the song, the arrangements. The composer, who very recently passed away, the great Rebben Sion Schenker. Hatov, off of uh, Yonatan Razel's latest album. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome one and all to the Israel Show. Well, the um, sentencing in the Elor Azaria case happened uh, last week after our show. So just a quick reminder who Elor Azaria is and what the case is about. There was an incident in Hebron. Two Arab terrorists armed with knives approached soldiers who were on patrol and stabbed them injuring one of the soldiers. Soldier shot back, killed one of the terrorists, and fatally wounded the other. The one who was not yet dead was lying on the floor wearing an overcoat. And um, there are so many videos now of every moment of uh, what happened that you can see one clear thing <laughs> and that nothing is clear. That means there was pandemonium. People were milling around. I mean, to say that maybe the army picked the Laura Zaria, made him a scapegoat so that the upper echelon shouldn't be p- prosecuted for neglectful duty of their being neglectful of their duties i don't know if that is so or not but to the untrained eye and my eye is untrained in military issues um but those who have seen it and who are more up on it say the whole scene was what we would call a balagan about 11 minutes into uh, the situation after the shooting of the terrorists elora zarya comes onto the scene sees the terrorist, the wounded terrorist on the ground, sees him move, and shoots him dead. This entire incident would have probably been a footnote in a newspaper on page 13 or something, if not for the fact that an Arab resident of Hebron seeing the big tumult that was going on, took out his small camcorder, video camera, and I believe it was from his window, just kept filming the situation. This Arab who lives in Hebron, who was filming all this and got the shooting on tape, on video, um, was working on behalf of a Jewish radical left-wing organization called B'Tselem, who go and give out camcorders to Arabs for them to do exactly this, to catch catch the Jew, catch a Jewish soldier doing something bad. And they give out these video cameras all over Yehuda and Shomron in an attempt to catch a Jew. Boy. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if somebody would do that with Jews, give out video cameras in order to catch an Arab doing something bad. I don't know. Anyway, because of the video, there was a big outcry in Israel. 
Some people called Elor Azaria a hero. Prime Minister, uh, the Prime Minister voiced his opinion. He didn't call him a hero. The Minister of Defense voiced his opinion. The Chief of Staff voiced his opinion. He said it was uh, there was something wrong right away before there was even a trial and so forth. And the 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 people of Israel, the Jewish population of Israel, were split by this story, although the overwhelming majority in polls say that Elor Zarya should not sit in prison. The split was what, what to do and how to consider him. Some consider him a hero. He shot a terrorist. Eleven minutes before that, this guy, this Arab, was trying to stab a Jewish soldier and kill him. Does he deserve to live? That's a good question. It's a moral question. And I'm sure there are many answers. At the time I said, and and I repeat it now, my, my personal belief, he's not a hero because he didn't follow orders. You can't run an army with everybody just doing whatever they feel like. He didn't follow orders. He shot without... He, he's a young soldier, a low-ranking soldier. He did not check with his commanding officers. He just took the law into his own hands and shot. And as much as I agree that I'm happy that that terrorist is dead, if we have an army where everybody just does what they feel like at the moment, you have no army. Armies are based on rules and regulations and commands and a chain of command and so forth. So he's not a hero, but I also think he's not a murderer. Should he have been put on trial? Not that kind of trial. He shouldn't have been tried for... He was tried for manslaughter. Initially, they were thinking of trying him for murder. He was tried for manslaughter. And this went on for about a year. The family was ripped apart. His father had a breakdown. and I mean, he's a young kid. He's like eight, 19 years old. And, and he did something at Spirito. He made a mistake. And that's what I think the, the clear-headed people in Israel are saying. He made a mistake. He should have been reprimanded, maybe put in the, uh, in the brig for, for a short time. And, and we move on. But that's not what happened. Because Israel is so afraid of what everybody else is going to say that when the video came out, Israel had to make a show of it that no, 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 we're not gonna, we're not gonna just uh, you know put it, sweep it under the carpet. No, no, we're gonna, we're gonna have a trial. In the trial, he was found guilty, and he was sentenced to a year and a half in prison. Okay, so if you think he's a hero. That's crazy. And if you think he's a murderer, that's crazy. (laughs) Many in the Israeli political world would like to see him um, pardoned. And that might happen. A lot of politics involved in this case. A lot. Okay, so what were the reactions to the verdict? Well, the Human Rights Commission of the United Nations. Now, none of us are going to be very surprised that they're going to find an anti-Israeli angle to this. 
But just hearing it, just just reading their statement and hearing the spokesperson's um, news conference, it, it, it I, I just get outraged. I shouldn't. It's not shocking, but it's outrageous. So here is um, the spokesperson for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. Her name is Ravina Shamdasani. And on February the 24th, three days ago, I guess, she um, held a press conference. Here is some of the audio. I got to tell you, I searched the internet high and low to get the full audio clip, and I could not find it. I ended up getting... um, 28 seconds of it from uh, uh, an Israeli source. But just, uh, we'll read some of it uh, because we have the written one in a moment. But just listen to uh, what we got here. This is uh, the statement about Elora Zarya. A sentence of 18 months to be handed down for such a serious human rights violation is unacceptable. The punishment, which is excessively lenient, is difficult to reconcile with the intentional killing of an unarmed and prone individual. Oh, whoa! (laughs) Intentional killing of an unarmed and prone individual. (laughs) Just an innocent guy who was lying on the floor. (laughs) Ha! He's a terrorist. He had a knife in his hand like just a few seconds before and he was trying to kill an Israeli soldier. All right, let's let's go on to hear Ravina. It also stands in contrast to the sentences handed down by other Israeli courts for other less serious offenses, notably the sentencing of Palestinian children to more than three years imprisonment for throwing stones at cars. Yeah, so let's compare the intent of uh, the different people. Um, Palestinian children throwing stones at cars, which kill. If you throw a stone at a car that's traveling at a decent speed and you hit the windshield, the windshield, the driver could be dead. They make it sound like, oh, you know, they're just throwing some stones, really. What, what could be? But what's the intent? The intent of the people throwing the stones is to kill Jews. The intent of the Arab on the floor was to kill Jews. I don't think Elora Zarya's intent was to kill Arabs. It wasn't, his intent was to kill a terrorist. And there, I believe, is the big difference. Now, the, the official statement, which we have, we'll post it later if you want to read it and just you know get sick yourself. Why should we be the only ones getting nauseous from this? Um, this is <laughs> Sergeant Elora Zario was convicted of manslaughter for shooting for the shooting death of Abdel Fatah Al Sharif in Hebron in March 2016. At the time, Mr. Al Sharif was unarmed and lying wounded on the ground. That's the part that she said in her news conference, right? He was unarmed. He was lying on the ground. She didn't say the other part that in the written statement it says, after having been shot for stabbing and wounding an Israeli soldier. A little sideline. Although manslaughter carries a maximum punishment of 20 years, uh, Sergeant Azari was only sentenced to 18 months in prison and a demotion. 
Then they say, listen to this, more than 200 Palestinians have been killed by the Israeli security forces since the most recent upsurge in violence began in the West Bank in September 2015. Wait a minute. Who began the upsurge in violence in the West Bank in September 2015? Well, the Arabs started shooting Jews, running Jews over with, with cars and trucks and buses. The 200 people that were shot weren't just innocent people walking in the streets in the Shuk and Shem. That's what they make it sound like, of course, that the Israelis just walking around shooting Arabs. Oh, gosh. In the last paragraph of the statement, here's the conditional little, little pat on the back that Israel gets. Israel took this to trial to get the world to see that we're you know, understanding and we're we're a legal country that operates according to laws and international rules. So they write, while the prosecution and conviction are welcome steps toward accountability, the punishment is excessively lenient and difficult to reconcile and so forth. So a little, you know, they throw it in. In Hebrew we say, Kalachar Yad. On the side, while the prosecution convictions are very well, I wonder in what other countries, what other members, member countries of the UN High Commission, uh, the UN Commission for Human Rights, would even have such a trial? Let's see. Hmm. Some of the members on the Commission for Human Rights: Qatar, hmm, Cuba, China, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. United Arab Emirates, countries where they where they chop people's hands off, where 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 they have honor killings. They're sitting in judgment of Israel and and saying, "Well, you know, it was nice that they had a trial, and it's a welcome step." To it. We'll break for a song. When we come back, we'll we'll tell you what's troubling. And, and how some of this happens. Because we're going to take a look at the Israeli media's attitude toward the same thing. Okay, here is... Um, where are we going? We're going here. Yoni Gennett off his album Oat La Oat. This is um, Likrateich. song he sang to his kala on their wedding day. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Likratech Yoni Genut. I don't know, he's definitely one of our favorites here at the Israel Show. From his first album, Ot Ot, he's already putting out his second album with some great stuff on it that we play here on the Israel Show rather, rather often. Well, we're talking about the Elara Zarya case, and one of the reasons, I think, that the world, I don't know, tramples, I guess, on Israel's honor is because on some level there are those in Israel who do the same. So on the morning of the verdict, all the television stations in Israel were broadcasting live from the courthouse 
they had people inside. You can't have cameras inside. They had people inside who, as the verdict was being read, were quickly typing the verdict into their computer, which was then being sent out to the reporters who were outside, who were reading it, you know, sentence by sentence, and it had tremendous exposure and so forth and so on. And this went on for quite a long time live on television. Well, Arut Shtayim, Israel's Channel 2 News, which is the most popular, the highest rated news program in Israel, they were carrying this live as well on that morning. And they, somebody there decided that it would be proper to have a crew broadcast live from the home of the terrorist who Elor Azaria shot. Yes. An Israeli television station news program sent a crew to broadcast sent a coup to Hebron to broadcast from the home of the terrorist's family and hear their reaction to the verdict in the El Arzaria case. I, I don't know. Am I the only one who's speechless? I must give kudos to Amit Segal, who is a uh, tr- tremendously capable, talented young journalist, he, he's a religious journalist who grew up in the town of Ofra. His father is Chagai Segal, who's the editor of Makorishon. Well known in Israel, Amit Segal is. He posted on his Facebook page about his own news, uh, news, uh, news um, company about Arutz Shtayim News, that he is a member of their um, broadcast staff. He's a, he's a uh, reporter. And he wrote, This decision to have a crew and to broadcast live from Hebron, from the house of the terrorist, and to get their take, their response, their feedback to the verdict, Bilbul Musari Amok. It's the sign of deep moral confusion. Bravo. Bravo to the to the to one of the few lone voices. Two uh, sarcastic remarks that I found uh, very cute online. One was by Yotam Zimri, who's uh, a broadcaster on Galay Israel. He says um, he sar- sarcastically says, "Quote the." Um, the family of the terrorist in in their response to the verdict said it can't possibly be. What kind of world do we live in that a young man leaves his home in order to kill a Jew and, and he comes back in a in a body bag? <laughs> oh, it's a shame. And the one other cynical but very telling remark by Itzik Shasha who I, I don't know, but I found this remark uh, of his uh, online. He says, um, the family, live on television, the family of, of the terrorist who was killed by Azaria protested against the verdict. He says, I haven't checked this scientifically, but I believe that that sentence can't be translated into any language. Somehow, it's only possible 
in Hebrew. That's sad. It's sad, but it's true. I don't know what it says about us. It's something in our genes. Something in our genes. When we come back from uh, the next this next selection, we will um, play for you the amazing, the opposite of the UN Human Rights Council, the amazing statement by the ambassador, the new ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley. She is um, the appointee of President Donald Trump, and that will blow you away. You know, that is amazing. Uh, a, a quick programming note. Tune in to JM in the AM tomorrow, Tuesday, February 28th, and Wednesday, February 29th. Nahum is broadcasting live from Boca Raton, Florida. Now you might ask, what's in Boca? The Nahum Siegel Network is teaming up with Nefesh Benefesh to bring you broadcast from Boca, which is the place that Nefesh Benefesh was created, was founded 15 years ago. It's the 15th anniversary of Nefesh Benefesh. So they're going back to the place where the concept came together, where the people who founded it, Tony Gelbart and Rabbi Josh Fass, put their heads together and revolutionized the world of Aliyah to Israel. Both mornings will be filled with interesting and inspirational conversations regarding Israel. And tonight, which is Monday night, February 27th, if you're listening live, on the Nachum Siegel Network homepage, there will be a live video feed and on the app a live audio feed of an armchair conversation between Nachum and the founders of Nefesh Benefesh, Tony Gelbart and Rabbi Josh Fass. It's a fascinating story. That's 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, Monday night, February the 27th. Okay. Um, where are we going? Where are we going? Here's my list. I was wondering where my list was. Let's go to Ariel Zilber and Betty Baum. Before that, we'll do a little old jing. In order of, of Adar, we'll go, go a little crazy. We'll do an old Kulamim Gimel jingle. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Kulamim Gimel
Ariel Zilber with his classic Betty Bum. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for making us part of your week as we're here every week. I've been asking you for several weeks now and I continue to ask you to keep in your prayers and in your thoughts for a Ashlema, for a speedy, speedy recovery to Uri Avraham ben Elisheva. Uri Avraham ben Elisheva. And I thank you very much. Well, we are so used to hearing from the UN in the most anti-Semitic, anti-Israel way that it is shocking, but not surprising, that the new U.S. ambassador to the United Nations in her very first press conference, devoted most of her time to bashing the UN's bashing of Israel. Her name is Nikki Haley. And um, we're going to play clips from her uh, press conference. And let me just say, for the last eight years, I and many others found the Obama administration to be supportive of Israel in certain areas, specifically security and military, but very unsupportive of Israel in other areas and having a very 
negative attitude toward the democratically elected government of Israel that during the eight years of the Obama administration. They, in fact, were involved, incidentally, in trying to bring down the Netanyahu government. didn't work. If you think that it doesn't matter, listen to the new ambassador to the United Nations after what we went through at the end of the Obama administration. So this is um, her discussing her first Security Council meeting, Nikki Haley, ambassador of, uh, new ambassador of the United States to the UN. The Security Council is supposed to discuss how to maintain international peace and security. But at our meeting on the Middle East, the discussion was not about Hezbollah's illegal buildup of rockets in Lebanon. It was not about the money and weapons Iran provides to terrorists. It was not about how we defeat ISIS. It was not about how we hold Bashar al-Assad accountable for the slaughter of hundreds and thousands of civilians. No, instead the meeting focused on criticizing Israel, the one true democracy in the Middle East. I am new around here, but I understand that's how the Council has operated month after month for decades. I'm here to say the United States will not turn a blind eye to this anymore. I am here to underscore the ironclad support of the United States for Israel. I'm here to emphasize the United States is determined to stand up to the UN's anti-Israel bias. Don't you love that? I mean, that's like music. That's like a symphony. When was the last time we heard something like that? I think really, I mentioned it earlier on uh, when we were doing um, a quick preview on Jamie the AM, that I, I think it, it goes back to the time when, when uh, um, Daniel Patrick Moynihan was United States Ambassador to the UN. I, I can't think of anyone who has made this kind of clear, open blunt statement and I love how she enumerates who who are we ignoring we're ignoring Syria, we're ignoring this we're ignoring all the world the evil that is taking place evil, the murders no but we're focusing on this it's like the Human Rights Council right millions are refugees now from Syria. Hundreds of thousands have been murdered, in it, mostly innocents. Oh, but Elora Zarya, yeah, that, that we were very upset about. Okay, we'll continue with Nikki Haley and uh, how she's uh, creating the contrast at the UN. Incredibly, the UN Department of Political Affairs has an entire division devoted to Palestinian affairs. Imagine that. There is no division devoted to illegal missile launches from North Korea. There is no division devoted to the world's number one state sponsor of terror, Iran. The prejudiced approach to Israeli-Palestinian issues does the peace process no favors. And it bears no relationship to the reality of the world around us. The double standards are breathtaking. Just a few days ago, the United States sought, unsuccessfully, to have the Security Council condemn a terrorist attack to Israel, where the terrorists opened fire on people waiting for a bus and then stabbed others. The Security Council would not hesitate to condemn an attack like that in any other country, but not for Israel. The statement was blocked. 
and that's downright shameful. Good for her. Very good for her. And and you got to assume that these are directives that she's getting from her bosses. This is not something she's doing probably on her own. And one more piece from uh, Nikki Haley. I love this also because after after putting down all the anti-Israel things, she 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 puts a focus on the beauty and and what is what is uh, good that is coming out of Israel. But outside of the UN, there is some good news. Israel's place in the world is changing. Israel is building up new diplomatic relationships. More and more countries recognize how much Israel contributes to the world. They are recognizing that Israel is a beacon of stability in a troubled region, and that Israel is at the forefront of innovation, entrepreneurship, and technological discovery. It is the UN's anti-Israel bias that is long overdue for change. The United States will not hesitate to speak out against these biases in defense of our friend and ally, Israel. Bravo. Bravo, Nikki Haley. We're going to post a link to uh, the entire statement. It's a little longer. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Israel Show. Please, please go and take a look. Have a listen and give us a like. We, we're a little stagnant in, in the likes. We sort of like... We're stuck at like 420-something as we continue our goal to get to 500. And, it's, it, you know, it's nice to see that people like the page. That means they like the show and they're listening, and it, and it gives us encouragement to continue. But it's also important in the Facebook world because the more your page is referenced, is liked, is tagged, and so forth, the more um, Facebook itself gives it uh, gives it place in publicity. So we thank you all for doing that. Um, let's see. Im Yivaled Liyeled, Gidi Go, very cute little song. And we'll open it again with another uh, ad jingle that uh, comes from the old Israeli radio uh, broadcasts. This is uh, who? Gidi Go, Im Yivaled Liyeled. My name is Mayor Weingart. You, 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 you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Gavrit, 
אני כבר יודע שכשאהיה בן מאה הוא כבר לא יהיה כל כך קטן On the Israel show, on the Nachum Siegel Network, with Mayor Weingarten behind the microphone. I'm not really behind the microphone, I'm wearing, <laughs> wearing a headset. But we say behind the microphone. Two things from Israel, we uh, haven't done this in a while. I'll give you some good news from Israel. Something that happened yesterday that I think is really nice. There are many people who are um, suffering from celiac disease. That means that they cannot have food that contains gluten. And um, for people who are not celiac uh, or not afflicted with celiac, we don't often understand that almost everything we eat has gluten in it. So it is uh, very difficult for those people and they're so limited in what they can eat and the food is also more expensive the products that they're buying in the supermarkets and so forth are more expensive and so the Knesset passed um, yesterday a bill a budget amendment whatever it is that all Israelis diagnosed with celiac will receive on a regular basis vouchers toward gluten-free food that they can use in the supermarkets. You see, that's very smart because rather than giving them money or rather than forcing the companies to lower the price, whatever, they're saying here, you can use this in the supermarket for this specific thing, for these items, and uh, and the government will reimburse the um, the store. That's cool. And the really beautiful and touching story, um, we'll do it quickly. Maria Schechtman was a Holocaust survivor. Her entire family, or almost her entire family, were killed in the Holocaust. She survived. She came to live in Israel, and for years, 
She lived alone in the city of Yerucham in the Negev. No relatives, not many friends. A Holocaust survivor, all alone. Shouldn't happen, but it did, and it does. Well, about a month ago, some of her neighbors noticed that she's not going out, there's no activity. They called the um, police, they called the fire department, and when they broke into the apartment, it, she was found dead. A, a um, investigation resulted with the finding that she had been dead for three days. She'd been lying dead in her apartment for three days, and no one, no one knew. One of the uh, volunteers that came to her apartment as part of the volunteer uh, emergency um, services was a um, a senior in the high school there in Yerucham. It's the Amit, which is the women's organization. Amit Belevav Shalem. That's the name of the high school. And he told his friends, he told his teachers, and everybody was shaking from this story. And they decided that this is a lady that has nobody. They're going to go to her funeral, and they did. And uh, the the um, people from the school, from this high school, the Amit Belevav Shalem in Yerucham, spoke, eulogized her, spoke about how important it is to worry and concern ourselves with with the elderly that are alone, especially Holocaust survivors. Well, story doesn't end there, as beautiful as that is. After the funeral, the, the students, the seniors of this uh, school, realized that the, the woman didn't have really any money and she didn't have any relatives around. And who was going to put up a tombstone, a matzeva, on her grave? And it seems that the state does not have allocation of funds for such a situation. And so the students themselves took money that they had collected for their Purim celebration, their Purim misibat Purim, and used it toward paying for a tombstone which was, in fact, set on the grave 30 days after her death. It's still going to be a perm party. But it'll be... They'll take it down a notch. It won't be as, uh, as, as extravagant as they wanted it to. They decided on the text that should be on the Matseva. They ordered it, and a few days ago, the unveiling took place. And who were there? The students and the teachers. As one of the students said, it's very important that after what this woman has gone through in her life, being a Holocaust survivor, at least she should have a proper burial. And uh, one of the other students said, I'll never forget this the rest of my life. And the truth is, I think all of us should remember this story of chesed. What's the point of having a misibat purim 
if you're going to have such situations in your town, you're missing the point. They're not. The students of the Amit school in Yerucham didn't miss the point, and uh, I found this to be a really beautiful story. Okay, we're way over time. We're going to end off with Mishnichnas Adar by Aharon Razel, a different version than what we started with. Um, and But first we say thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an hour or less of great Jewish music, followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. Hello. Yeah.